welcome to Are You Up Babes? I'm so glad that you've joined me and I pray that as we study and look at the Word of God together, we would be open to allow His Holy Spirit to minister to us and to talk to us within our hearts. I've entitled today, Do You Believe in the Power of Prayer? I was alone at home and I was praying. And while I was praying, I was reminded of two testimonies that I read during the week. The first was from a lady who shares that as a young woman, she left the security of her home to pursue the pleasures and the freedom of this world. She had just become a mother and she didn't want to be tied down by motherhood. She then met a young man who wooed her with his charm and she ran away with him. But what pursued was a life of alcohol, a life of drug addiction, and absolute chaos. Her life became absolute chaos. Amidst all the turmoil, she fell pregnant again and had another baby. And she said her life hit absolute rock bottom. They ran out of all their money. They'd squandered everything. She was now alone and she was homeless. Not only that, but she became ill and discovered that she had cancer. Her body was consumed with cancer and she was dying. Her dreams were empty, her heart was bitter, and her children were desolate. She was lying on the bench of a park. She had nowhere to go, literally sick and dying, and could hear some children making fun of her. They were joking about her. And as she was lying there, she was filled with so much regret, she realized that she had made a lot of wrong decisions. She had made a lot of mistakes and she didn't want to die like this. While she was lying there thinking this, she was in the middle of these thoughts. Someone came and sat next to her and began to speak to her and they asked her if they could pray for her. As they prayed, she realized that this was her turnaround moment as they were praying. And from that day, her life began to change. She came back to God and he began to put order back into her life. He began to take out the chaos. Her life had been chaotic. He took out the chaos and began to bring order back into her life. He set her free from her addictions. He restored her back to her children and her family, and he healed her completely of the cancer. Only God can do that. So I was reminded of this testimony. And then I was reminded of a second testimony. The testimony was from Dr. Derek Prince. For any of you who know him, he was a phenomenal Bible teacher and preacher. And you can find many of his sermons that are incredibly powerful on YouTube. He has gone on to be with the Lord. But before he went into ministry, he had gone into the army and was in Egypt. So he was in the strange country. And for more than a year, he lay in a hospital bed sick. Now, I have been praying for people who have been sick with COVID, who've been in hospital for two months. And, you know, I can't even begin to imagine their despair at being in hospital for so long, away from their family for so long, especially those who are out of sedation. And I can just rejoice at the thought of them coming out and being reunited with their loved ones. 
And yeah, Derek Prince speaks of being in hospital for over a year, lying in a hospital bed for more than a year. He said that he was completely and utterly filled with hopelessness in a dark valley of despair. And then he received these two unexpected visitors, two ladies who came to see him. Their journey was quite difficult to get to him, but they came to see him solely to pray for him. And he says that when they prayed for him, the power of God descended upon him and he knew that God was there. His skin condition did not improve. So what was wrong? The doctors had told him he had a skin condition that could not be cured. I would imagine it would be something like leprosy. It was really, really very bad and it was incurable. And his skin condition did not improve while they were praying for him. However, he realized that God had shown him while they were praying for him that the source of his provision was completely and absolutely at the cross of Calvary. He understood in that moment as the power of God came upon him, what he needed was healing. And he understood that that provision of healing was completely and utterly and absolutely at the cross of Calvary. As I remembered these two powerful testimonies, I had been praying and God reminded me of these two incredibly powerful testimonies. I was then reminded about earlier that day. My husband and I had gone to a hospital. Gavin had to see a doctor. And when we were finished with the appointment, we were walking out and we were approached by a young man who asked for money. I had no money on me. And I apologized and and assured him that I had no money on me. He then asked again and and mentioned that his sister was hungry. And I, again, just apologized. I engaged and apologized and said to him, I'm really sorry. I don't have any money on me. And God reminded me of that instance. And then I heard his voice in my heart and he asked me why I didn't pray for that young man. His words to me were, do you not believe in the power of prayer? In those two testimonies, the one with the young lady, someone came to pray for her. And it was in that moment that the power of God came on her life to change her. With Dr. Derek Prince, in the midst of his hopelessness and actually sickness that was incurable, someone came to pray for him. And it was in the midst of that prayer that the power of God descended on him. And really, I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, do you not believe in the power of prayer? Whether it really was poverty or whether it was addiction, do you not believe that when you prayed, the power of God would have touched this man and changed his circumstances from chaos to order? I repented right then and there as I realized how much God wants to touch people and how much he wants to use us as vessels to reach people in their lives. If we would just be obedient. You see, it's okay if we walk off and we don't see the miracle. That lady that prayed for the woman on the bench, 
may never know what that prayer did for that woman. She may only ever find out when she steps into heaven the miracle and the power of God on that woman's life when she prayed for her, the impact of that prayer. We may never know the impact of a prayer during this lifetime, but we are supposed to be faithful to plant that seed. Luke chapter 8 verse 11 says, The seed is the word of God. So every time we sow a seed of encouragement or we minister to someone or we give them direction in their life or we actually lead them to the Lord, we are sowing a seed that God will do the rest of the work. We sow the seed obediently, faithfully. Faithfully means we believe God will actually do it. So we're faithful to do it because we trust God. And as we sow that seed, God will do the rest. So where we can, we can invite someone to church if we've led them to the Lord and they are not churched. We can invite them to a cell group. Why? So they can grow in their faith because it's important that they grow in their faith. We have been learning how the enemy comes to steal the seed through difficult circumstances. And so it is important for us to help the person to grow. But sometimes we may not be able to invite that person to church or we may not see them again. But that prayer brings the power of God into their life to bring order out of chaos. It's to help them grow where they can become significant trees. Matthew 13 verse 32 tells us of a seed that's smaller than all the other seeds but grows up to become a significant and large tree in the garden where birds can come and find rest and they can make their nest in the tree. Now what does that tell us? That we become significant in the garden so that in our lives the garden is where we work, where we live, what we do so that people can come and find rest and shelter as they grow so that if storms come or if the sun is hot and scorching, burning them, they can find shelter, they can find rest and they can grow. You see, when we are mature Christians, the Bible tells us that tribulations come to mature us, that as we endure in our faith, we become stronger. But for someone who is not a Christian or not mature in their faith, when storms come, it can come to destroy them. But if we are the significant tree where they can come and rest and they can find shelter, they can find the provision of the Lord through the source, which is the cross of Calvary, they can begin to strengthen and they can begin to grow until they become significant trees in the garden where their families can grow and find rest and other people can find rest in them as they lead them to the Lord. Now, if we look at Moses, God sent him to set his people free. The people of Israel had gone to Egypt and they had been there for 420 years, the Bible tells us. But in that time, they had become slaves and were under incredible oppression. The Bible tells us that they cried out to God and he heard their cry and he sent Moses to set them free. He told Moses that Pharaoh's heart would be hardened and he would not let them free. But he also told Moses that until the time came for Pharaoh to set 
them free. God would work incredible miracles that would show his glory to the people of Israel and the whole world. So 10 times Moses stands before Pharaoh, requesting Pharaoh sets the people free. And we know that Pharaoh's heart kept hardening and he kept saying no. The first started with the staff that turned into a serpent and then the plagues began. And you know, things got worse. Even though God had told Moses he will set the people free, things got worse before they got better. So we may not see instant healing, just as Derek Prince didn't see instant healing to his skin. It came later. This was the same. They did not see improvement. It got worse first, but God was with them. And this is why the Bible tells us to trust in the Lord. There is faith. Do we believe God? Do we trust in him with all of our hearts, everything? It's not what we see. It's not our circumstances, but we trust God with all of our heart, not leaning on our own understanding, but in all our ways, we acknowledge him. It comes out of our hearts, the abundance of our hearts. We've been talking about being devoted to God, having a devotion with God, where our hearts are filled with the word and that's what comes out of our hearts. It's the abundance of the word of God so that we trust him, that we believe in him, that we have faith in him. And so we may not always see immediate results, but we may, must never doubt or question the power of God. We must never doubt or question the power of God. When we cringe away from praying, it is unbelief. Unbelief causes defeat in the life of a believer. You can believe Jesus was raised from the dead as a Christian. You can even believe that he's going to come back. But if you don't believe and do what he says, you're operating in unbelief. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. If you can believe him, all things are possible in our lives. When we pray for people, if we can believe him, all things are possible. So how do we overcome unbelief? Well, the first way to overcome unbelief is by knowing God's will. Romans 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've got to fill ourselves with the word of God. A lack of knowledge results in unbelief. You know, the devil will tell you you're sick, you're depressed, you're a failure, you're broke. But he is overruled by the word of God. So don't believe your circumstances. Believe the word of God. Speak the word of God. Don't look at your circumstances. The second is to overcome unbelief by rejecting fear. We have to reject fear. Worry is a form of unbelief because it causes us to doubt God's love and his ability to come through for us. It causes us to doubt the promises of God and the power of God to work in our lives and even in other people's lives. The third way to overcome unbelief is by believing in God's love. You know, if you ask most Christians, if they believe God loves them, they will say yes, but they actually don't really believe it. The disciples were on the boat with Jesus. They believed that Jesus loved them. 
But Jesus had now fallen asleep and an incredible storm came up. And eventually they cried out to Jesus who was sleeping and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? What they were saying is, you don't you don't love me. You actually don't love me. How many times have we said to God, don't you care that I am sick? Don't you care that I am in a desperate financial situation? Don't you care that I've been wronged? God is love and God is a good father. We've looked at that week after week. This spirit of adoption that is over us, this loving God who loves us, who's given us a spirit of adoption to walk as heirs, as sons and daughters. The problem is we cannot think like orphans. We've got to think like sons and daughters, which means we've got to know the word of God and we've got to believe the word of God when everything around us is telling us something else. I want to share with you, and I have shared this before, but there was a time many, many, many years ago where we had people in our church who needed to go back to their country to get their asylum papers as foreigners here. Otherwise, they would be taken back to their countries and they were working here. We had the first person come and ask us if we could help them financially, and we helped them. We had another person come, and we helped them. But when the third person came, we did not have the finances to help them. And I went to my husband and said, what do I do? And he said, well, you need to tell them that we don't have the finances, and you need to pray for them. I remember praying for them that God would work a way for them with absolute unbelief. I got over my prayer as quickly as possible. I felt embarrassed that I couldn't help them financially and was hoping I wouldn't see them again. That was the Sunday night. On Tuesday evening, we had Sal and I bumped into them. I would have dodged them if I hadn't bumped into them. But they came looking for me. They came straight to me and they said to me, thank you for praying for me on Sunday. On Monday morning early, and they began to explain the miracle of how God brought the money into their life and enabled them so they could go back to get their papers. And I remember feeling so repentant before the Lord as they spoke to me. I remember hearing God's voice say to me, I didn't call you to pay for people. I called you to pray for people. Now that doesn't mean we don't need to be generous where God leads us to be generous. And we shouldn't be stingy people, but we should never ever withhold the power of prayer from someone. Paul said, silver and gold, I have none, but in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And that lame man stood up and walked right there and then. And so I wanna close with this passage. It's 2 Corinthians chapter two, verse 15, an incredible verse. And it says, our lives, are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. I want to read that to you again through the message version. It is so beautiful. Listen to this. In the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade through us 
He brings the knowledge of Christ everywhere we go. People breathe in the exquisite fragrance because of Christ. We give off a sweet scent rising to God, which is recognized by those on the way of salvation, an aroma redolent with life. But those on the way to destruction treat us more like the stench from a rotting corpse. This is a terrific responsibility. Is anyone competent to take it on? No. But at least we don't take God's word, water it down, and then take it to the streets to sell it cheap. We stand in Christ's presence when we speak. God looks us in the face. We get what we say straight from God, and we say it as honestly as we can. And that is the beautiful fragrance we have the opportunity to give every time we pray for someone. And I want to say to you, if you feel fearful, do it anyway. The worst thing that can happen is that nothing happened. But that's according to what you think. Because you don't know what God will do through that seed you just planted. He is so faithful. The Bible says his word will never return back to him void. It will never come back to him empty. And all God wants is that we are obedient, faithful, and we will stand this beautiful fragrance offered up to God as we minister to people. Remember, every time you encourage someone in the Lord and you pray and ask God to bless them and be with them, you have ministered. Every time you help someone with a problem, they have a problem in their marriage or they have a difficulty with their children or they're battling with provision and you come to them and pray with them that God will help them, you have ministered to them. Every time you help someone in a relationship where they have unforgiveness and you restore that relationship, the Bible talks about us being in the ministry of reconciliation, where we reconcile relationships with people and then of course reconcile people back to God himself where we minister the word we minister what God has done for them how he has forgiven them through the cross of Jesus Christ we lead them in a prayer where they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior and they have been reconciled back to their father no longer orphans but now sons and daughters that's what God has called us to. How beautiful is that? So I'm going to pray. And as I pray today, my prayer specifically is that we would be obedient. I shared my testimony as God showed me. He wants me to pray for people. And I believe he wants all of us to do that. So I'm going to pray that today. And we are going to be vessels on this earth to change everyone's lives. Whether it's family or whether it's strangers, we're going to do that. Amen. May God bless you as you do that. Let's pray together. Father, I pray, Lord, that as we minister to people, you would bless us. You would take away fear and you would help us. Your word says you will speak the words through us. I pray, Lord, we would be a fragrance lifted up to heaven that is pleasing to you. That as we pray, the power of God would fall on people's lives and bring out of the chaos complete order, complete healing, complete restoration. Oh, Father, we repent of the times we've been disobedient. We repent of the times we've been fearful. 
And we ask you, Lord, fill us with a spirit of boldness that we would go to people and pray and thank you that you will do a mighty, a powerful, a life-changing work in their lives because of our obedience. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. May God bless you as you go and minister to someone today. You will see the power of God. I love you. God bless. listening to follow us on gap and twitter at active fm instagram at active fm triple seven and facebook at forward slash active fm
Dios les más.